Welcome to the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. Now get ready to hear stories from around the world that encourage and uplift you. Now to the show with your host, Kevin James. On today's show, I have with me Pastor Mark Sowersby. He will talk about being unhealthy, overweight, and hurting. He will take you on a journey that will deal with the rape and molestation that happened to him in his childhood. He will talk about a deeper healing that took place in his heart, soul, and his spirit, and he's calling it Forgiving the Nightmare. I would like to thank Pastor Mark for being on the Millennium Beat. It's a great honor. Thank you for having me. All right, good. I am glad. I think this is going to be an awesome interview. Our pre-show was really good, so I know our show is going to be really good. In your bio, you were talking a little bit about being unhealthy, overweight, and hurting. So let's start our conversation right there. Sure, no problem. I could tell you a little bit about my past. You know, I'm one of those people that have always carried weight on me. The husky guy, the big guy, big boned, whatever you want to call me, thick. I was always kind of that heavy set kid growing up. That chubby guy grew into an obese adult. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt the pain of it. I felt the sorrow of it. But really, it was caused by a lot of hurts in my life, a lot of sorrows in my life. You know, I grew up abused. I, I grew, grew up molested. I grew up with lots of pains and rejections. And I came to that place where food became a comfort to me. It became a friend. It became a drug. I became addicted. I was always looking for the perfect meal. Not too long ago, I opened the fridge like I usually do, and I kind of stared at the shelf, hoping something would pick, you know, I'd pick something out that was delicious and sweet. And I just could feel the pain, my ankles, my my back, my knees. And I said, you know, I'm sick of this. I got to do something right. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I got small kids. And I knew, uh, I knew diabetes was going to be in my future. I knew high blood pressure was going to be in my future. So I decided, Lord, help me do this. And I went to my prayer closet. And as I started to pray, the Lord started to uh, just touch my heart and bring me on a road of health. And he brought me down that road of health to teach me how to be a healthy person. But he didn't start with just a diet. You know, you would think, okay, cut back on this and add that and go on the treadmill. Now, I had to do all those things, but that's not where he started. He started with talking to me about how I felt about myself. And he said to me, as we read in the Bible, there's a verse there that says, oh, what's the greatest thing to enter into heaven? And Jesus was asking the, uh, the Pharisee, and the Pharisee said, love the Lord God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And when, the, when I read that, the Lord told me that I haven't been loving myself because people who love themselves take care of themselves. When you love something, you take care of it. You know, I love my children. I want to take care of them. I love my wife. I want to take care of her. I love my church. I want to take care of her. I love God. I want to be about his business. I love, but you know, I really wasn't loving myself. And the Lord started to bring me down a journey of healing uh, from the past, healing from the wound, and starting from starting within me so I could love him more. And by loving him more, I started to love myself. Now, I have no visions of grandeur that I'm somebody special or my ego is any better than anybody else or I walk on water because I don't, uh, but I just started to, to say, you know what? I'm not junk. I'm not dirt. And for many years, that's how I felt about myself. I felt about myself. And I, I offered nothing and I had no value, but God, he started to teach me how to love him and in turn teaching, teaching me how to love him with all that I am, with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength. I started to love myself in a humble way but also with a way that said, you know what, I want to take care of myself. And then the journey of forgiveness started to pour out into my life. And of course, yes, the diet came and now I'm running six miles a day and, wow. and I, you know, I'm cutting back and I'm doing all the things we have to do, the, the things you have to do to be on a journey for healthcare. Mm-hmm. But 
Uh, I've lost 160 pounds. Wow. It's still the biggest fight in my life. I went from a waist size of 54 down to a 32. Uh, so, you know, it's been a big journey. Mm. And it's still there. Believe me, I still want to eat the pie. I still want to eat the ice cream. I still want to pow down, you know, eat the Doritos and drink. But, you know, it's not where I am right now. So, uh, you know, that's where I've been. That's where I'm going and that's what I'm doing. So, wow. Um, that is cool. You know, that is a good yeah. journey. One of the questions I have in your bio, you were talking about the fact that you de- you dealt with or dealing with the rape and molestation when you were a child. Was this before, obviously this was before you started getting obese and starting getting heavy. Did that have a, did that weigh on, on your life? Oh, of course it did. You know, obviously uh, when somebody gets abused as a child, those, those actions reflect the rest of their lives or touch the rest of their lives in one way or another. And again, some people turn to alcohol. Some people turn to narcotics. My my choice of, of comfort was food. Mm-hmm. So I buried myself in food. The way I fell about myself, I betrayed it in the way I I ate. So you know, food was always my friend. Mm-hmm. Food always accepted me. Uh, you know, when nobody else liked me, the cupcake did. When <laughs> no one else wanted to be around me, the bowl of ice cream did. When I wanted to punish myself, I'd eat more. When I wanted to reward myself. I ate more. And just like any drug, it's a lie. You know, right. it's, it gives you momentary comfort, but then you got to pay the price later, mm-hmm. just like any drug. So for me, even though we have to eat, to live to eat, I was eating for enjoyment. I was eating to hide. It was a drug in a lot mm-hmm. of ways for me. It's, so, it's escape. Uh, you know, as, it was an escape. It's exactly, an escape. Yeah. Exactly. It became, I buried myself in, in that negative eating. Right. Yeah. Now, you obviously, you ate, did you eat out of boredom, but you ate out of escape also, and it was becoming comfort food. Now, a lot of people, like some people when they're depressed, now there's two types of depressed people, well, it probably might be more, I'm not a psychologist, my sister is, but I'm not. Um, my, <laughs> my, my thing about depression in my life, I'm more, when I'm depressed, I eat more. Now, some people, they are just the opposite. They're depressed, they don't feel like eating, they're more secluded. Sure. They're, but I am one that if I'm depressed or feeling bad, I go eat. So were you in yeah. any way like that too also? Was oh, depression involved? Oh, that's exactly involved? where I was. Okay. Oh, I'm sure there was. I mean, uh, when I was molested from the time I was 7 to 14 years old. Wow. At 14 years old, I fought back. But yeah, all those things were robbed. My my value was robbed from mm-hmm. me. I was insecure. My, my dignity was robbed from me. Everything my abuser took. He left me just a shell of a person. So yeah, I, I ate for depression. I ate for significance. I, you know, I ate for attention. You know, I'd go to the youth group party, and I'd have to be the guy that ate more pizza than anybody else. Oh, wow. Not because I wanted it, because I just wanted to have something. I wanted to be significant, even in a negative way. So, uh, you know, so yeah, I'm sure all those reasons mm-hmm. where I had food was so important to me. Uh, and now, as an adult, I have to learn uh, some good habits. Unfortunately, I'm full of bad habits. And I'm trying to retrain myself to how yeah. to eat in a healthy way. And, and it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult journey. It's, right. I tell you, I've been through lots of journeys in my life and learning to overcome uh, these, this food addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've, I've had friends and family in my life that have been addicted to, to cigarettes. And, mm-hmm. and they said to me, you know, when you put it down, as hard as it is, as hard as it is you, can, you can walk away from it, you know. Yeah, with food you can't stop eating you die right. so it's like you have to you, how do you how do you eat healthy once you 
Yeah, so it's been a journey, and I'm still on it. You know, yeah. again, do I have good days? Sure. Do I have bad days? Of course. Mm-hmm. A lot. Of, I did an interview a while back, and was dealing with mental health and stuff like that. And she was over overweight, and she's learned. It. And we talked the same thing, saying, you know, it's not like alcohol. You can say, okay, I'm never going to a bar. I'm never going to have a glass of wine. I'm never going to have any of that kind of stuff or, or soda. I'm not going to drink soda again. But when it comes to food, you can't say. I'm done because you have to no, have food and that's where discipline comes in. And that's another thing too, is, you know, we have to be strong and disciplined because you have a chocolate cake sitting in front of you and you love chocolate or you have, sure. you, know, you can sure. say, no, I'm not going to eat that cause it's going to kill me. And it takes exactly. discipline. What are well, other than discipline? What are some of the other things that you have done in your life? Someone listening and saying, Hey, I'm right with you. I'm overweight. I, I really want to stop. What are some of the things that you did to help you get to where you are right now? Well, I can tell you that, again, as we start on this journey of health, it really didn't start with the diet. It really didn't start with the exercise. It really didn't start with the eating. The Lord brought me on a journey to start dealing with the pains in my life, right. about the abuse, the sorrows, the hurts. So I quickly found out that my eating was a symptom more than an action. It was a symptom of the abuse. So as the Lord started to deal with me with the abuse, it wasn't, I don't want to say it was easier, but I was able to recognize where the, where those problems were coming from. And as they arose, I was able to give them into the Lord. I stayed in my word. I stayed praying. And to be honest with you, I just did what I could. Sometimes when we go through major problems, we've had major trauma in our life due to abuses or hurts, wounds, regardless of how that trauma came into our life, sometimes those traumas seem so large and so big, they seem like a mountain in front of us. And as you sit back and look at it, you go, how can I overcome that? How can I, how can I get victory over that? Well, the Lord spoke to me and he said, one step at a time, just do what's in front of you. That's all you can do. You know, how am I going to lose 160 pounds? I can't do that. I can't even get, just, you know, lose a pound. Now you only got to lose 159. And then lose 10 pounds and lose 20 pounds. And then before you know it, you're on your journey. It's just like my journey of forgiveness. Lord, how am I going to forgive this person who abused me? How can I forgive my mother who neglected me? How can I forgive a family who rejected me? How can I forgive a father who abandoned me? You know, just begin to forgive one step at a time. You know, the old saying, how do you eat an elephant? Uh, One bite at a time. I was going to say that. Yeah. That was in my mind. So, yeah. yeah how do you eat there an elephant? You go. There I just you go. said that to somebody today. Oh, they were like, there was so many issues going on in her life. And I said, how do you, oh yeah, yesterday at church, the, uh, there was a woman that was having some issues. And I said, you know, I just said to her, hey, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, you know. And, and that's basically the journey I've been on. You know, we are, you're talking to me, I'm about a year and a half into my journey. I've yeah. lost the weight and. I'm getting healthy. But again, those bad habits are there. I, I have to be disciplined. I have to, mm. as we used to say a long time ago in the church, I got to put it under the blood. You know, right. that's what we used to say. And, and that's what you got to do. And, and when the days where I have bad days, I can't beat myself up and let one bad day turn into two bad days and turn into two months. I, I go, you know, Lord, I, I slipped up today. I messed up. Help right. me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And help me have a good day tomorrow. And, you know, so that's what it is. And it's that way not only in my diet, because the diet, my diet, my, my eating habits, again, was a symptom of a bigger process of how I felt about myself. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't care about myself, because I didn't li- love myself, because I was so broken, I didn't, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. But when God just completely overwhelmed me with his spirit, when his word became that light into my path, 
when his spirit just guided me with all that I am, that when I died, as Paul said, I, you know, it's no longer I that liveth, but Jesus Christ that liveth in me. When I really surrendered to that and said, God, help me, help me kill that old man, help me crucify that way. And again, it's not easy. There's no magical step. There's no, you know, uh, it's been a journey. Mm -hmm. It's been a journey. I believe God can do it in an instant. I believe God can touch us in a moment, but sometimes God lets us go through that journey. Mm -hmm. And that journey has been what God's allowing me to go on. You know, I felt like the seed that fell into the ground that will grow up to be the tree. So I'm in the journey. Do I long for the instant? Of course. I long for God to reach down from the heavens and, you know, boom, bang, boom, it's all done. But I haven't had that experience. Mine has been a journey. Learning to trust him in the battle, learning to recognize him and saying, God, even though the eating habits haven't been taken away, even though some of the hurts and the pains of the past hasn't been taken away, what has happened is God has become bigger. Right. God has become bigger than, you know, my faith has become bigger. My, my uh, hope has become bigger. His love has become bigger. I recognize it more. That's why it's become bigger. So he's become bigger than even the mountain of sorrow, even the mountain of, 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 of pain, even the mountain of rejection. Mm-hmm. And it's a big mountain. But here, Jesus Christ, the Lord our God, the Holy Spirit, they became bigger in my heart than, mm-hmm. than, um, than the past. Than the past, so, yeah. Yeah. It's also reminds me of whether people are listening that you know might not be overweight, they might be fine. But this is our also our, our example of our Christian walk, you know. I mean, God doesn't sure. promise it's like God didn't promise a rose garden, you know. It didn't say when That's we said right. I do to Christ and says, Okay, everything is gonna be perfect from this point on. Mm-hmm. It's probably a lot of times just the opposite. Things go uh, go well, crazy. And uh, that's right. The Lord said, the Lord said what? He said, in this life, you'll have many troubles. Right. Well, he promised us that in this <laughs> life, you'll have many troubles, but fear not because I am with thee. What a promise that is. Right. Yeah. So he let us know in this life, we're going to have many troubles, but fear not because I am with thee. So, yeah. you know, and you're right. This isn't just about my journey. However, pain, sorrows, hurts have come into people's life right. and however they've expressed those are usually in negative ways. Now, my negative way was eating. Maybe somebody else's is anger. Maybe somebody else's is pornography. Maybe somebody else's is, is gossip. Maybe somebody else's is pride. I, I don't know. But oftentimes when you've been broken from a divorce, from a bankruptcy, from a rejection, from an abuse, whatever has taken place, you know, those emotions, if we don't pour them out at the altar of God, if we don't cast our cares for him, they have to come out. They have to come out of us. And mine came out with cheesecake and ice cream, and maybe somebody else is coming out with with lust. You know, maybe they're addicted to pornography. Maybe you know whatever that addiction is. Maybe they're addicted to, to you know anger. Maybe they you know maybe they're trying to find significance in something else. I I got to make money so I can be important. Until those things come again, there's nothing wrong with making money, but right. when those things become bigger than God. Right. That's what God says. I have to be first in our life. Amen. Yeah, so. that's true. Amen. Amen. Preach it, brother. I'm preaching a little preaching bit, brother. It, I'm know, that's good. Come you know, I'm going to give you a wicked good sermon. A New wicked England good New England sermon. That's good. That's you know? right. Come on. Go uh, I like that. So, right. in your little bio, you're also talking about how you uh, had a deeper healing that took place in your heart, your soul, and your spirit, and and it's calling you. Uh, you called it forgiving the nightmare. 
let's talk sure. a recap if you because I know you've said a few things in there, but let's talk about that deeper healing in your whole, your heart, your soul, and your spirit, and then we'll go into your talking about calling it uh, forgiving the nightmare. So let's go from that point. Sure. Well, this past the beginning of this year of 2020, we lost my mom to the COVID oh, wow. uh, sickness. She was 80 years old. She had congestive heart failure. She was in a nursing home the last several months of her life, and of course, we couldn't go in and visit her uh, due to the. The strict, strict um, yeah. restrictions and everything that's around us. So you know, was was phone calls and waving at windows, and we got the midnight call, "Come now," uh, and my mom was already gone by the time oh. uh, my sister could get there. So we lost her. That, and of course, that brought up a lot of emotions in me. Mm-hmm. That brought up a lot of feelings, emotions, expressions, and and I remember praying and saying, "Lord, you know, all my mom's gone now," and. And upon her death, pretty recently, I mean, pretty quickly after her death, I was actually on the treadmill because I was already on my journey of, of trying to get healing and, and trying to get healthy. Mm-hmm. And I was out there, and the Lord just started to, I think in some circles we'd call it birth. He started to birth a ministry in me. He started to say, Mark, everything you've been through, everything, all the abuse that took place in your life. Now, I got to tell you, I was raped by other men. I was stabbed by an attacker. I was locked up. I mean, it, it was wow. just a horrible. And as as I started to pour that onto the altar and started to deal with that as an adult, uh, he started to just pour this ministry back in me and say, I want you to go out and talk about how you've been on this journey of forgiveness and how, how I've helped you forgive the nightmare in your life. My nightmare was my abuse, but many people have nightmares. So that deeper journey was me first again, uh, coming to that place where I could trust God mm-hmm. and just say, God, you know what? I'm a mess. <laughs> God, I'm a mess. I can't hide anything from you. I'm broken up. You know, when's everybody going to figure out? I don't know what I'm doing, but I know you. And, uh, you know, God started to just be real, have that real genuine, honest uh, relationship with God where, where I didn't have to be perfect because I serve a perfect God. I didn't have to be, uh, I didn't have to try because he died for me. And, and in that broken place and in that genuine place, the healing started and he brought me to his word. He started to bring me to scripture after scripture in Isaiah 41. Where he talked about where we are weak, he is strong. And he took me to places in, in Romans. There's no condemnation there for who's in Christ Jesus. You know, so he started just bringing me to these beautiful scriptures who spoke life into me. And as life got spoken into me, confidence got spoken into me. Mm-hmm. Not an arrogant confidence, not a confidence that's built in narcissism, a confidence that's built in the word of God saying, Lord, I know your ways are higher than my ways. And Lord, I know you are sovereign, but Lord, I also know that and Father, you can do all things. So I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe in you and I'm going to stand on you. So first it was that place of surrender. Second was that place of confidence in Christ that he can have his way. And then it was just stepping out by faith and saying, Lord, I'm just a guy with a story. I'm just a guy with a cell phone. I'm just a guy with a testimony. But Revelation says, tells us it's by the word of God and the power, the, the word of our testimony and the power of God that men shall be saved. Right. The word of our testimony and the power of God. And he gave me a testimony. So now I take every opportunity to share it and, mm-hmm. and say, you know what? I was abused. I was molested. I was raped. I was stabbed. I was, I was cut down. I was beaten. I was, but God can pull us out of the miry clay. And now there was a lot of scars on me because of that for many years. And those scars, my physical scars healed, 
but the emotional scars, the mental scars, and even the spiritual scars of trust and and hope. They were all they were all on me. And then when God got a hold of me over this last couple of years, He started to restore unto me, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And in that, I started to just call out. And and again, I, I I'm still stepping out. Uh, again, the flesh still still is familiar. That those familiar uh, broken spirits are still beckoning me, but the bad diets, the insecurities, the, the past still wants me to go back to that, that place, but God is bigger. Right. Greater is he who is in me. Greater is he who is in me. And when I stumble, he picks me up. That's right. And when I doubt, he fills me with hope. So that's how I've grown. And we started a ministry called Forgiving the Nightmare, Forgiving the Nightmare Ministries. You can find us at ForgivingTheNightmare.com, ForgivingTheNightmare.com. And we've just been stepping out, trying to be genuine, honest, real. Um, you know, I'm not plastic. I'm a real guy. I got a, I got a wife. I'm a husband. I got a wife. I got kids. You know, I pay the bills just like everybody, like everybody else. else. You know, I'm a real guy. Yep. That's right. I'm a Patriot fan. Go Pats. So. <laughs> Go Pats, yes. <laughs> Hey, yeah. you guys must love Tom Brady. You got him down your way now. Uh, do we? I, I, you know, I've I seen a few football games. I'm not much into um, television football, and I like it there live. I mean, any sport live is not bad. I mean, um, I've never there watched tennis, but, you know. But, yeah. okay, one thing you said, you told people how to find you on your, your you know, website. Um, but yep. wh- where else? Do you have any Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, whatever? Other yeah, right. So let's yeah, right now, the best two ways to find us is first our website at forgivingthenightmare.com, forgivingthenightmare.com. And the second one, the best way to find us is at our um, Facebook page at Forgiving the Nightmare. Those are the best two ways we do have. We, we just launched a, um, a, uh, a YouTube page, Forgiving the Nightmare YouTube page. Okay. That's still in the beginning stages, so we launched that. And also, there's a book. Uh, I'm in the process of writing a book. Uh, that's a miracle in itself, because one of the casualties of my upbringing was my education. So I wasn't a strong reader or a strong writer. You know, I tell people I survived my early years. I wasn't raised. I survived them. So uh, I, was, I was a kid with dyslexia, and I didn't really get the help or the resources. My wife is awesome. I married a teacher who learned how to be a teacher in Florida. So so there's a book coming out of us, and we're in the process of talking to a publisher even now. But again, the best two ways to find us is on Facebook at ForgivingTheNightmare um, and also uh, at com. Okay, cool. And I'll have in the show notes so people can just click on it and they'll be able to go directly to you. So, All right, so in closing, um, we're doing yes, really sir. good. Um, let's close. I want you to pray for somebody that's probably in the situation that you were in. Uh, and then dealing with your journey, pray for them right now, lift them up and, uh, and we'll close the show after you're done with that. Father God, we just come to you now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we know that where two or more are gathered, you are in the midst of them. So father today, we agree upon these things and stand on your word, Lord, saying that you can still deliver. You can still heal father God, and you still want to save the lost and the broken Lord. Father, we we are oftentimes surrounded by the what if. The what if, Lord. What if this happens or what if that happens? But Lord, I pray today for those that are listening that they will know you as the I am. I am your healer. I am your God. I am your savior. I am your rock. I am that I am that I am. I am your deliverer. 
I am Jesus Christ, Lord. And I pray today for those that are broken, caught in fear, caught in addiction, caught in sorrow, Father God, that have had their dignity stolen, that Father has had their 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 identity taken, Lord God, that Father, today they will know they're no longer Jacob, no longer the deceiver, but Father, they have wrestled with the angel and they have a new name. Lord, they have become Israel, the promise. So Lord, I pray today that you deliver, set your people free, Lord God. Father, I pray that you are truly the lifter of our head and the lover of our soul, Lord God. That Father, your word is what we stand on. And your spirit is what fills us, Lord. So, Father, I pray for deliverance. I pray you set your people free, Lord God. And may the grace of God and may the mercy of God deliver and heal those that are caught in brokenness and pain. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Well, guys, you've been listening to the Millennium Beat. I'm your host, Kevin James. I have had on the phone Pastor Mark. Mark, thank you very much for being on the show today. It was my honor. God bless you. Thank you very much. Everybody else, we'll uh, catch you next week. Same time, same channel, and God bless. Thanks for tuning in today to the Millennium Beats podcast, encouraging the world one story at a time. I hope you heard something that was encouraging to you. We'd like to hear from you with your stories, so send them to stories at themillenniumbeat.com or give us a call at 407-624-9957. You may find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. Please like and follow us and share us with your friends. You may also go to our website at www.themillenniumbeat.com where you'll find our last 25 podcasts, our list of our different platforms you may listen to or download our podcast, our latest YouTube videos for all our shows on the Millennium Beat Network, a calendar with past and future guests for all the Millennium Beat Network shows. Also, there's pages with pictures of all our guests and hosts. You have any questions or comments, please contact us at info at themillenniumbeat.com. This has been a Millennium Beat production, copyright 2021. The guests' views and opinions may not always be the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. You've been listening to the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I'm going to give you a little snippet of a show called Family Matters with your host, Paul Kendall. If you want to hear more shows like that, go to KindleFamilyNetwork.com. Once again, I'd like to thank Paul Kendall for the use of his show. Welcome to Family Matters, a daily look inside the real world of parents and their children. I'm your host, Paul Kendall. If you've been driving for very long at all, you've probably experienced some form of road rage. There just seems to be something powerful about being in control of a 5,000-pound missile. And nothing can make your blood boil faster than someone cutting you off in traffic or laying on the horn when you take more than a millisecond to respond to a green light. The penalty for such an offense should be life in prison until, of course, the offender is you. Years ago, I was flying down the passing lane on I-95 when I noticed a little green station wagon poking along not too far ahead of me. I was in a hurry, and this guy just would not get out of my way. What's wrong with you? This is the passing lane, I said as though he could hear me. Finally, I'd had enough. I whipped into the right lane, floored it, and passed him in a way that made the statement, 
get out of my way. As his car got smaller and smaller in my rearview mirror, I thought to myself, <laughs> I guess I showed him. About 20 minutes later, I heard a loud pop and wrestled with my steering wheel as I realized that I was having a flat tire. On the side of the road, as I struggled to change the tire, something in my peripheral vision caught my attention. Someone was actually stopping to help me. But, oh my goodness, it's the little green station wagon. And if that was not bad enough, I watched in horror as the driver emerged from the car and I realized that it was the new pastor in town that I had just helped a few weeks before. It's amazing what a great actor you can become when you're embarrassed like that. Proverbs 16.32 says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that rules his spirit than he that takes a city. Don't allow anger to rule you, even in the most difficult situations. And parents, remember, your children are watching you and learning what to do when it's their turn behind the wheel. So keep your cool and show kindness behind the wheel. You never know, the next person you cut off in traffic might be me. That's Family Matters. I'm Paul Kendall.